Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hey, Squirrel. Um, I, I noticed something funny. Uh, I was looking at our stats and I realized um, we have more people subscribed to the to the podcast than we have subscribed to our newsletter. Oh, wait uh, a minute. That's got to be backwards. <laughs> I know. I, it seems it seems not quite right. So it made me think that uh, maybe it's because we've never really mentioned uh, the, the newsletter so often on the podcast, but we've mentioned the podcast all the time on the newsletter. So we, we're not getting cross-pollinization. We're getting sort of one-way pollinization. So I thought we might, might adjust that today. Absolutely. If people want to get our newsletter, uh, how can they do that? Well, they go to conversationaltransformation.com and they click the big link that says, get a free video and be on our mailing list and get our newsletter. So I think we're pretty clear about what, what you get. And we'd love to keep in touch with you and tell you about exciting things that are happening and chances to learn more and challenge us more and generally have more of us in your lives. And you can do that <laughs> by going to conversationaltransformation.com and clicking the button. Yep. And, uh, and so that's it. Um, I, I thought people would like to know about that if they weren't aware of it already and love to have more of you there following us along. Um, but getting to our actual podcast today, uh, you have a story that you're going to tell us. And I really like this topic. You're going to tell us the story of the meeting before the meeting. Oh yeah, hear about that. This is a, this is fun. I was telling this to a coaching client today who was uh, struggling with how to prepare for discussions and be be ready for them. And I said, here here's something that you didn't do in this case, which caused you trouble. And what you should be doing is having the meeting before the meeting. So what do you do? Um, well, uh, the the story is that I was uh, um, the CTO at a company that does um, a particular type of debit card for kids. So this was very new in 2015 to have um, uh, credit card services, have card services for children. We, you, we'd actually have to pick them up so that they could reach the buttons and punch in the, the pin, pin number. But the great thing is they learned a lot about money. So this was a great service to have, and it was really a privilege to be doing this kind of cutting edge technology in service of kids and learning about money. And our founder, uh, who'd, who'd had the uh, original idea and pushed it forward and worked very hard, uh, went off for a, a one-week, well-deserved vacation where he didn't tell me where he was, or didn't tell anyone where he was going. He, he only told me, and he only told me by giving me a secret phone number, which I was not to phone unless there was utter meltdown, because he really needed a break and deserved one. So uh, I thought, great, I'm, I'll run the show while he's away. We'll be fine. This will be okay. On day two, we got the the dreaded phone call. And the phone call went like this. Uh, Hi there. Uh, can, can I talk to the founder? And I said, well, he's on holiday and said, well, you'll do. So uh, what, what I want to tell you is I'm phoning you from this um, tabloid newspaper. And uh, what we've discovered <laughs> is that it's possible to order. And I remember how my heart sank when I heard this over the phone. It's possible with your debit card to order uh, beer, um, uh, knives, and porn. And, and I'm wondering what, you, what you'd like to say about that on the record. So I, I think I fumbled something and immediately phoned Bermuda where, where the, the founder was. And he proceeded to make an awful lot of phone calls in a very, very short time and book a flight home. He also managed to run his phone out of charge because uh, he hadn't brought his charger or it didn't match or something. So here we are in this boat. We're making this wonderful tool for kids to learn about money. But unfortunately, that's this problem, which turns out uh, the, the side part of the story here is that the... Um, the person who had phoned us had done some pretty dodgy things. For example, he, uh, a 40-year-old man, uh, he had walked up and down the street looking for someplace where he could buy beer. Of course, being 40, that was a lot easier than for the eight-year-old he was pretending to be on his card. So um, <laughs> you know, what he did is just went up and down until he found a bar whose um, point of service, point of sale machine was out of date. 
And so then we couldn't tell it was a bar. And of course he was served because he was 40. If he'd been eight, I think the publican might've given him a bit of a hard time. So uh, it, it was that sort of thing that we, we had to deal with it and the, the publicity would have been extremely negative, right? So we were, we were very, very concerned. And uh, my, my boss, the founder flew in uh, without his charger and I knew he was without his charger. So without being able to phone him in the air, I just um, went, went to the airport, met his flight and handed him a charger. And then we got in the taxi to go meet the, um, the card provider and the, the newspaper and so on. We put it all back in a box. It all worked out. There's, there's more to the story, including a 24-hour sprint to build a feature by, uh, by a deadline. We, we made it with 15 minutes to spare. But the, the, key part, yeah, the key part here, we, we stayed in business. We would have been out of business if we hadn't completed that feature. That was the de- kind of deadline we got from the card provider. They, being on the front page of a daily newspaper in Britain, saying porn and knives in association with your brand doesn't generally go over very well. Um, so um, luckily, we got it off the front page. We addressed the issue. It, it all came out okay. But um, the crucial thing that happened is back when the, the founder just got off the plane, and uh, he, he got off the plane, got in the taxi with me. We plugged in the charger in the taxi, and he proceeded, of course, just to continue making phone calls because he was putting all this back and then dealing with all these issues. And one crucial phone call he made that if, if I hadn't met him with the charger, he wouldn't have been able to make is to the person he was in. The, we, we were going to, to meet in the taxi. We were in the taxi going to see the card provider who was going to yank our license. And um, he phoned a very important person there and proceeded to have a discussion about all the topics that were going to come up in the meeting to which he was going in the taxi. And uh, this was the meeting before the meeting. And it was extremely valuable. And, and that's what he, he, he turned to me after he was finished. And he said, you know, it's, uh, I always find it helpful to have the meeting before the meeting. Um, and in fact, he went into the meeting with a group of people having had this pre-meeting um, and uh, it ran on rails. We figured out what we had to do and then we had to go build a feature in 24 hours under a deadline. Um, uh, but, uh, that's the story of the meeting before the meeting. And, uh, I've always remembered it so clearly, partly because we were all sleep deprived and it was this panicked situation, <laughs> but also because, uh, it was just inordinately effective to, to have this discussion ahead of time. I, I what I really, I like about this story, uh, and I, I, this is the first time you've told it to me in full. You, you just, you just told me that there's something about a meeting before the meeting. So this is, this is my first time hearing it live. So it's, it's great. There's all kinds of details to it. You know, Bermuda, like this is meeting at the airport with a charger. Uh, fantastic. I can, I can imagine the pressure that you're, you're feeling and you're under here. And then your surprise that, wait a minute, we're calling the person we're about to meet. Uh, like our, our, isn't the point we're going to go meet them and talk to them in person? Where are we doing a call ahead of time? Uh, and then having then the successful outcome in part because of the groundwork you'd laid with that pre-call. And what I especially liked it and what I wanted to bring up was in part get our listeners' reaction and, uh, to what they hear about this because they hear us talk about communication and open communication and collaboration. And I, and I suspect there'll be people who hear this and think, oh, that sounds wrong. That sounds that sounds like a very political maneuver. And I hate it when people do that, when they go around, they say we're having a meeting to decide something, but actually it's all decided ahead of time by people having side conversations. That feels that feels wrong. That feels like manipulative. Um, I, I'm just uh, curious, Grohl, I, I don't say, uh, I don't actually agree with his point of view, I, or rather I, I, I can see both sides of this point of view. I'm curious if you have an instinctive uh, reaction to it. Sure. So the the situation is very different from the kind of political situation where someone is is um, 
kind of going around behind someone's back. I think the, the, the working in public is the, the key part here. First of all, I was sitting in the taxi and listening to it. So it cert certainly wasn't obscure to me. Um, but also the founder didn't hide that this discussion had happened. Um, he, he didn't come into the, the physical meeting, the actual uh, meeting at the end of the taxi ride and say, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, uh, you know, person I called, um, let's, let's manipulate this meeting. That was not at all what he did. What he did was make sure that the um, uh, he knew what kinds of objections he was likely to hear and had helpful responses to them, uh, that he had uh, ideas about how to resolve the situation in a productive way, and that those were discussable and known and not surprising to a key person on the other, uh, in, in the other part of the, uh, the, the meeting, the, the people with whom he was meeting. And uh, he, he had a, a, a plan in his mind for how the meeting might go, which matched and aligned with somebody else who was important in that meeting. There was no secrets here. This wasn't a manipulation of the meeting. It could easily have been somebody else also important in the meeting had, would have said that whole plan doesn't work for this reason. That would have been useful. Uh, but uh, sharing the information and aligning about it ahead of time was very fruitful for both of them. And um, you know, the, the card provider didn't want to shut us down any more than uh, we wanted to be shut down. Uh, and, and so finding a uh, useful path forward, painful though it was for those of us who had to write the code, uh, was was a, a very good outcome and not political at all. It was um, uh, helped us with the problem solving. And uh, so th that's great. I, I again, I've just heard this, so I, I didn't know what your answer was going to be. And it's great to have that explanation. Um, the the thought that occurred to me when I heard about the object, when I imagined the objections people might have, is I reminded of a phrase uh, that's when I used to work with um, Robert Schusser would say occasionally, which was, "If it, if it can't be used for evil, it's not a superpower." <laughs> which is to say, um, you, you know, anything that's going to be effective can be used for 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 ill ends. And so, someone who goes around and and uh, and and gets alignment with people ahead of time, they could do that with sort of malicious intent and uh, with 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 bad intent and, and and bad outcomes. And that's not what we're advocating. But what what the fact that someone can do that in parts is how effective this can be compared to a standard meeting where people come in and there's often time spent in sort of discovery. Well, what are the important issues here? What are we going to talk about? And and uh, so you can actually have much more effective meetings with a bridge pre-work. Now, this is something I have certainly done in the past, in part uh, when we're going to have things that are, are difficult to discuss. Um, I've often found that people are more comfortable uh, and maybe more creative in speaking their mind uh, in a private conversation. And so uh, one of the things I, I would do is actually encourage people to be prepared for the meeting, to to discuss with them objections or concerns that they might have, in part to, so that they're prepared and that when it comes time and we're in the meeting discussion, that these things can be, as you put it, Squirrel, discussed openly. The, the goal of, this, of the meeting before the meeting is not to make the actual meeting a, a dumb show. A, a play where everyone's just going through the motions, playing their approved role. It's we're not trying to make it, you know, just a coronation of whatever was decided outside. But we wanted, at least my, my, and that was not my intent. I can imagine someone else having that aim, but rather the the goal is to is to make sure that we're going to have a. In my intent is to have a fruitful discussion where all of the concerns that people have can be raised and made part of whatever solution goes forward. So that's how I've I've used uh, the meeting before the meeting before. I, I'm curious how that how that 
how you can think about this now as a set and you had that particular example and how uh, my my examples uh, tie into that no oh, it seemed very uh, appropriate one thing that occurs to me is that we we already do this in technical matters in in agile teams uh, i often have teams now i sometimes also say uh, you, not all teams need to do this but um, some teams really get tremendous benefit from things like grooming which are really kind of pre-prioritization meetings. Okay, we're going to go look at what we might do, understand t-shirt size it, understand it better, get a, a better picture of the, the collection of work that we might work on. And we'll do that ahead of the time when we actually choose these are the seven things we're going to do in the next sprint. For teams who work that way and for whom it works, it works very nicely and it's precisely the same kind of goal. Let's have all the discussion ahead of time. Let's let's figure out more about the information. Let's make sure we bring the right information. We identify the questions that we're going to be asking in the meeting, so we have the answers ready. So we're uh, prepared for it, and we're we're able to provide uh, a, a good path for everyone's voice to be heard. The the other thing that uh, I always uh, encourage people to do when they're learning to run meetings better, there's someone I'm particularly coaching in how to do that, is to, to take a poll at the beginning, make sure everybody talks. And this is kind of an extended version of that. Make sure that um, somebody has a chance to be heard beforehand and therefore is primed to actually share the information because studies show that if people are talking at the beginning of a meeting, they're much more likely to talk in the rest of the meeting. Well, similarly, if you go to talk to them beforehand and they say, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm not going to get shot down for this for sure. Squirrel might not agree with me or might not understand it, or we're, we're definitely both sure that we want to ask this question during the meeting, and then we'll see where we go with it. But we're prepared for that. I'm now ready to share my view. And that's a good way to bring out, for example, shyer people or those who are um, feeling less confident. I, I really like that example. One thing that occurred to me when you're describing that is um, the part of the challenge here is we use the word meeting uh, for a lot of very, very different activities. And there's a, a, a very big difference between an initial brainstorming meeting or a kickoff meeting and a we're trying to make a decision meeting. <laughs> and, 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 and part of it here is, is being sensitive to the agenda of what are we trying to get done. And what I heard in your story uh, and what I what it triggered for me was it was one of those sort of are we aligned on what we're trying to get out of this meeting? So part of the re part of that reason for the meeting before the meeting is are we aligned on what we're trying to get out? Are we aligned on what the major issues are that we'll need to address uh, so that the meeting will be effective? And uh, this is something that I think a lot of people when they're when they think about meetings uh, manifestly don't think about how to make the meeting as effective as possible. They they mostly just think when can I find time on the calendar. <laughs> Um, and then they haven't done all the pre-work that they might uh, to to make it as effective as possible. Do you have an agenda? Do people know the agenda? Have they thought about it ahead of time? Has anyone been assigned to collect the relevant information? And many of the things that you might do dependent on the type of meeting you're going to have. And um, so I think hopefully this has been valuable to, for people to think of another tool in their toolkit for meetings. Uh, one way to make them more effective is to think, you know, is there a meeting before the meeting we could have here to ensure that we're aligned, to ensure that people understand the role that they're going to play, to ensure that people feel comfortable speaking up, uh, or or if they don't want to speak up in the meeting, are they happy to have me raise their concerns uh, on their behalf? But anyway, is there any work that we could do ahead of time to ensure that our time in the meeting together is as effective as it could possibly be? 
Fantastic. Well, if listeners uh, agree with us or disagree with us or want to hear more of the story, uh, they're welcome to get in touch with us at conversationaltransformation.com. Uh, and of course, as we mentioned at the beginning, please do sign up for the newsletter to hear about exciting things we're doing. For example, we're doing a uh, public workshop in early May. So you can find out all about that at conversationaltransformation.com as well. And uh, of course, also find us on Twitter and email and carrier pigeon or whatever else uh, you might want to find us on. Uh, Jeffrey's even uh, showing up on Clubhouse these days. It's amazing. <laughs> and uh, of course, we'll also be back here next week on Wednesday. We don't know exactly when this is going to be. We've got so many backlogged now, but um, uh, next week there'll be more exciting troubleshooting agile on uh, and probably more fun stories. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.